Hello, welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Butts, a Westworld podcast. Uh, podcast under the Dark Discussions webpage. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going? It is going well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? Okay, how are you doing, Phil? Good, good. Uh, this is uh, immediate feedback. Uh, we just watched the episode. The episode uh, just ended a few minutes ago, and we are recording on uh, the 30th of October, 10 minutes after uh, the episode's over. And uh, a couple of things, uh, house cleaning, but we'll, we'll do it quick because we, we're obviously uh, recording much later than usual. But, uh, Eric, you do three other podcasts. Yes, I do. One of them is a general interest podcast called The Escancy Podcast. That's A-S-C-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on the iTunes store and on Stitcher. Uh, there's also You Know Nothing, John Stroll, a Game of Thrones podcast that's under the Dark Discussions banner. And Dark Discussions is your place for the session of horror, films, fiction, all those fantastic. And, Mike, you do a genre book. <clears throat> yeah, that's Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. And uh, this podcast here, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, is under www.darkdiscussions.com, which is the sister podcast to... Uh, the Bullets, Brothels, and Bots podcast. Uh, our episodes are on darkdiscussions.com, but you can find us under Stitcher and iTunes, or also under um, the feed for Dark Discussions, if you so desire to hear us on that podcast as well. But otherwise, we are under Westworld Podcast, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots on both iTunes and Stitcher. So, uh... Let's see. Uh, what did you guys uh, have any news about on anything that's related to Westworld or science fiction? Or if not, we can probably start talking about our episode. But just in case anybody has anything. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Very well. All right. So uh, this episode here uh, is the fifth episode of the season. It is called Contrapasso. And I'm not sure what that means. Uh, it is obviously uh, a Latin language uh, against something. Uh, Paso, I'm not sure what that actually means, but Contra means uh, the opposite or against or whatnot. Uh, it's directed by Johnny Campbell and written by Lisa Joy Dolan and Dominic Mitchell. Dominic Mitchell and Johnny Campbell are two British folk who did a television show called In the Flesh in the UK and with Jonathan Nolan being uh, a joint U.S. English citizen or UK citizen, uh, he obviously has connections with these folks. Uh, otherwise, they haven't done much in the States of note, uh, though I do know Johnny Campbell uh, did write, uh, I mean, direct the the horror uh, mockumentary Alien Autopsy, which is kind of a cult thing. Uh, one of our um, Folks that does the Dark Discussions podcast with us, Christy Peterson Schoonover, uh, uh, mentioned that it is pretty fun. I've never seen it. Um, last week's episode, dis, dis, how do you say that, Eric? Dissonance? Dissonance, dissonance theory. Dissonance theory. Uh, 1.7 million viewers. So that was a, somewhat of a drop from uh, episode three of The Stray, which was 2.1. But some of that could also be because of uh, The Walking Dead premiere uh, that opened up at the same time. And I assume going forward, uh, Westworld will probably land around 1.7 just for the fact that uh, it's competing directly against 
um, The Walking Dead, and so a lot of folks will watch it on uh, the DVR or right. on demand later or after the fact. So, yep. So, all right. And Phil, uh, I just looked it up. Contrapasso is actually um, it refers to the punishment of souls in Dante's Inferno uh, by a process of either resembling or contrasting with the sin itself. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah, so uh, not surprising. Contrapasso is probably actually Latin itself. The the language it, it, it refers to su- suffer the opposite, according to Wikipedia. Suffer the opposite. Interesting. Refer right. So, um, I'm seeing the example they use in Wikipedia was the idea that those who might try to uh, use magic to see the future may spend eternity with their head twisted around, so they have to walk backwards because they could not see ahead of them. So. Oh, you know, in some cases, it was also, though, you'd get, like, the ironic punishments department that people who were very angry and wrathful would spend all of eternity fighting. So there's all sorts of ways. Uh, but it's the idea that the punishment sort of fits your sins. Okay. And that being the case, yeah, the Dante Inferno uh, analogy or direct uh, link makes a lot of sense because uh, Dante Inferno is the uh, nine hells, I believe, and various... Uh, people who think they did something correctly land up in those hells, and their tortures tortures are similar to, as you said, like the walking backwards with the head and things like that when you were thinking you were going forward and so forth. So uh, that's is kind of interesting, and uh, I think I could see a minor analogy at least in this episode of Westworld. Uh, so at least uh, one character, so maybe more. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll discuss who those are, and uh, what, what's, let's discuss what we thought of this episode. Uh, Eric, what did you think? Uh, in general, I thought it was a very good episode. Uh, there's one aspect of the episode that made me very sad uh, because it means that Phil is right and I was wrong, uh, and that's irritating. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear what, what that is exactly, uh, uh, but um, it's always good when, when I'm right. It's always good. Well, no, no but I, I still don't think you're right, so that's... All right. So, what did you think, Mike? What did you think of this episode? I thought it was—it's a good episode. It was frustrating because it's one of these things that's giving you just, just a little bit more information, and you just want to go like more, more, <laughs> more. Don't stop there. And I can't wait. An- I don't want to wait another week. But you know, that's that's again how we got five more episodes. I can't give us everything, and just have people shooting each other for the next five episodes. So no, we got to wait, but yeah, but so it's frustrating in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the reason we're actually recording uh, immediately after the episode aired, unlike our usual recording of the following day, is simply for the fact that Halloween falls on the thirty-first, which is would be our regular uh, recording time. And, and due to uh, conflicts by the three of us, uh, we decided to do this episode now. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I think it was. Uh, Strong back-to-back episodes now, um, and this one maybe a little better, but I don't know. This is, I could see myself saying, well, depending on the day and the week, which one would be better. But either way, they were uh, both pretty strong. So far, the only, only number episode three has been weak for me. All the others I've, I've enjoyed tremendously. Um, uh, this episode did have the big scene that everybody was talking about uh, a year ago and two years ago when they were filming it. Um, there's the, there's the big orgy scene and that was hugely controversial when they were recording it. Um, I remember reading articles about it 
and saying that are they going to push the envelope uh, further than ever uh, with, um, I guess, nudity and, and sex and, and things of that nature. And uh, that was curious to finally see the scene. And, and though we've all seen this stuff now so many times, it's, it, you know, it was, it was not that big of a deal, but I could see someone who hasn't watched um, horror films and genre films and Game of Thrones and things like that to happen to be shocked uh, with, uh, the scene. Uh, but, um, otherwise, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great episode. So, uh, I guess we can, we can start talking about what we thought about it. Uh, did you, either of you guys hear about that, that this big, this big scene and how, uh, it was controversial even before a year and a half, even before the show even was released? No, nope, the show was totally off my radar until about a week before we started recording this podcast. Okay. What about you, Mike? Uh, that's the kind that to me is clickbait on the internet and somebody trying to cook up a story. So when I see stuff like that, I tend to ignore it because the show hadn't, you know, been close to airing yet. And so someone was just trying to either, whether it was an attempt to, uh, stir a promotion for the show or an attempt to get some clicks for the author of the article just by trying to say, let's be outraged, outrage, outrage. And it just, and I get tired of that. There, you know, all these things. And we see this a lot when anytime someone tries to quote someone out of context to start an internet fight between two stars or whatever it is. So I, I completely ignored stuff like, you know, like that. And is it too much sex on HBO shows? Is Walking Dead too violent? Is it? And it's like, no, well, then don't watch it. I'm moving on. It's until yep. there's, yeah. So until the show's aired and there's good reason, I, I, to, to look at it, and I, you know, yes, there's a lot of tits in this. It's airing on HBO at nine o'clock at night. It's an adult with a with a whatever M rating or mature rating. Uh, this is HBO. You know, they've been having swing their dick swinging around ever since Oz. So I don't say what the big deal is. Yeah, yeah there was actually a good point, Mike, because there's uh, both uh, a lot of male and female nudity. Uh, so it wasn't just one gender, and uh, the sex scenes were fairly graphic. Um, but nothing, you know, any more graphic than Wrong Turn Five or, or some a film like that. Um, so I, I would state that that uh, your point there, Mike, could have even been uh, expanded, which is um, it could have been a plant by the show or HBO because they know sex sells, and people will just suddenly say, "Oh, that's interesting. I, I may want to just check that out because that's an interesting thing to see on TV." You know, so <laughs> who, who would ever do that? Huh? Who knows? Oh, no, I, believe me. I, if, if, if it's not something I want to watch, I, I would never. I would never watch it because it's just you know. I mean, I have to actually have something invested. Uh, that's just uh, extra pluses, are Extra pluses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, um, all right. Let's let's talk a little bit about this. So, Eric, what will you? Uh, all right, we'll throw up the spoiler because you know folks may want to watch the episode before we dissect the symbolisms and scenes and all that stuff. But uh, what, what was the thing that you think uh, I was stating that actually could be right? Or is that too further into the episode and you were out of start somewhere earlier? Well, we should probably start somewhere earlier. Um, uh, okay. What about the first scene, Eric? Uh, the, the Greyhound. Uh, yeah, that was a sad story. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I guess uh, it's a story about Anthony Hopkins tells a story about how when he was a kid, he and his brother wanted a dog. So his dad got him one. It was a greyhound and they let it off its 
chain and a cat caught its attention and it chased down the cat and killed it. Um, cause they've been chasing a fake rabbit its whole life. Saw this thing moving and chased it and killed it. And once it killed it, it just sat there confused cause it never caught it before and it didn't know what was supposed to happen next. Yeah. You know what that scene reminded me of? And I don't know either if you've seen this film, uh, you may have not, Eric, because um, I, I know um, it's an older film, but Mike, you may have seen it. Uh, there's a film called uh, The Candidate, starring um, Robert, Redford. Robert Redford with Peter Boyle and a few others. And at, at the end of that film, spoiler alert, uh, The Candidate, which is Robert Redford running for senator, he wins. And then he's talking to Peter Boyle. At the end, he goes, okay, I won, so what do I do now? Yeah. And and then like a crowd of people come into the room and surround him to cheer him on. Congratulations, you won. And Peter Boyle's character gets pushed away. He's the campaign manager. And you hear Robert Rivers still screaming, "What do I do? What's next? What do I do?" And what I think this this scene here meant, similar to the candidate, is okay. So we we made Westworld, or we became the senator, or whatever. Well, we accomplished what we wanted to do with life. Another Robert Redford film, uh, The Natural. It's like when he says in that movie, he goes, I want to be the best player ever was. So people will see, say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best player there ever was that will play the game. And Barbara Hershey's character says, isn't there more? What, 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 that's it? And he goes, what else is there? So is he trying to – is this an uh, analogy or a commentary of how life is meaningless or goals never – are always disappointing. What, what do you guys think? Well, I think this is to me. This is referring to the the hosts because a greyhound, while a dogs are you know, real creatures, a greyhound is a artificial breed, right? It's a man made breed. Oh, like a lot are. of right, yeah. Yeah. like yeah, most dog breeds are, are people fucking around with dogs to get them to do what they want them to do. So here you have a dog that's programmed basically to do one thing, and it's chase after a fake rabbit. And it has finally gets off its leash. It gets a bit of freedom, and then it's completely lost. It doesn't know what to do. So I'm wondering if this is a, a foreshadowing what's going to happen with our hosts who will get off their leash. They will follow through whatever it is that their programming takes them to, and then they'll be lost. They won't know what to do after it. Now, the, there's good and bad to that in terms of – what their programming is, because I guess if you're a Dolores, you know, who's or a uh, Teddy, who's programmed to be a good person, you'll go off and program to do good things. Whereas the ones that are the villains, and there seem to be quite a few of them in the park, um, although there's not a true villain, as they point out. Now, they may go full you Brenner, right, when they're let off their leash and go kill a whole lot of kitties. But you don't know, Mike, uh, because... Uh, Dolores says that I was programmed to be a a damsel, but maybe I don't. That was only a dream, or I don't have to be. And then the last episode, when uh, uh, Tandy Newton's character uh, Meve says to Hector the Bandito, uh, "None of this really matters. It's not real." And and Hector suddenly has like a, a face of of enlightenment rather than evil even though he has always been playing the evil. So maybe they don't, they aren't going to be programmed to follow any of those scripts. Uh, the other thing too is, is that, yeah, that's an interesting point. You mentioned that this analogy or story could be 
presented as the host when I, I was actually taking it as Anthony Hopkins because the way he said it was that I've done all this work and here I am and what do I do now? It's, it means nothing. And so I, I took it a little differently, but may, maybe it, it was intentionally to be looked at differently. Eric, you were going to say something? I thought I heard you about to speak. Or was that you, Mike? I was just saying, I think you, you might have something too. It, this could, this is a generic enough thing. It's the idea that, you know, what do we do? We're, we're when we get, reach our goal finally, and we have to find out, like you said, with uh, the candidate, what do we do next? What do we do after we've achieved our dreams? And Dolores is at a point where she can sort of reprogram herself and create her own, where that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone else. And we're still trying to figure, so yeah, what is, what is the park? The park has been built. The park has served its function. What's the next step? Because we've learned more about the park. We find out the park has been hemorrhaging money. But we also suspect that there is, uh, as was hinted at in the very first episode, there is a bigger purpose to the park. So I don't think the money is a big deal. Um, it kind of reminds me of you take something like, like Amazon, which, you know, in its whatever it is, 16, 17 years of history, has never actually made a profit. Um, but it's still a very valuable business because it's always reinvesting its money in itself and expanding and pushing. Um, Westworld has made something Everyone thinks it's just Disney World on steroids when it's actually got a bigger plan in mind. So they just see that it's losing money without realizing where the money is. And, and the, but there's more to it. And so they're expecting it to be in a position of weakness, but I have a feeling there's something up their sleeve that they are fine with losing the cash right now with the idea they're going to make it all up later. And who is they? Whoever it is that runs Westworld. I see. The grand okay. powers that be. Okay, and, and that means the people that bought the company from Anthony Hopkins, probably. Or whoever he was employed by in the first place. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. It could have been a venture capitalist or something. That's a good point. Um, all right. Uh, now, what was the next scene um, right after that? With Dolores in the graveyard. Oh, okay. Right. Um, um, yeah, she's looking at all the crosses, and she has a flashback. And, and this is where uh, the ghost in the machine... Uh, Speaks to her. Wait, that was okay. All right, because the next thing I've written down was with Teddy, uh, not Teddy, was with uh, Logan and William and Dolores. Yeah, right. they're they're uh, they're that outside. The yeah, they're looking. They're all looking at. In, they're in this graveyard, and she has a flashback to this church, and has like a this, some ghost in the machine speak to her, and then they're all looking down at this bandito village on the other side of the quote unquote border, which I assume must be in. I mean, uh, in this world, what would be uh, considered Mexico if it's on a, a different border. Um, and so they're heading down to that village. And this is where, you know, they're going to meet the, the Confederacy, that re, you know, the people that fled that wouldn't surrender and all these other things. Um, but, you know, let's just talk wherever, uh, you know, uh, any scene. So anyway, they get to that village, and that's pretty much the next thing. And they learn about this this group of Confederates, they're going to find this Lawrence guy um, for a reward or something for saving uh, one of his his banditos. And um, then the, the, the Day of the Dead occurs as well uh, and things like that nature. So what, what do you think? What, what do you want to talk about? Well, I think that's important here. This is where we get the conversation that Logan's company is planning on trying to buy out 
yeah, Westworld. Westworld and do an aggressive takeover. Um, that's one of the reasons he's there is to do that. Um, but again, we don't get a whole lot of this, you know, this still doesn't feel entirely like, um, you know, there's anything bigger coming out from them other than just give it a hint on what's going on with Westworld and the outside world. You know, whether or not it's their company or somebody else completely who's trying to undermine Westworld, we're still not sure. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, that's, that's one thing we learn, uh, that Logan isn't just there to vacation. He's not just there to, uh, bring his future brother in law on a, you know, to toughen him up. He's actually there, um, as an excuse for a business trip to, to, uh, I guess, like you said, Mike, um, scout out to eventually purchase. And he talks about how the further you get away from the downtown beginning, um, it's more elaborate. And, and Westworld, the company that runs it, uh, I forget the name of the company, um, Delos. 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 Yeah, it's hemorrhaging because, uh, the further you get away and the bigger the, the scene scenarios are, the more money the company has to spend and they're losing money. And, and, uh, he, at least Logan thinks that because they're losing money, that there's a chance that they could be an easy takeover. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be based off of what he says. It would be a, um, uh, what were those takeovers when, when, when the other company doesn't want Hostile to be- takeover. Yeah, hostile takeover. Thank you. Um, but again, you know this this is like almost a little expedition dump, and I don't know if any of that will play out in the big picture uh, because obviously the the more interesting parts that we're following are the you know Dolores's journey, um, the Man in Black's journey, and uh, Neve's journey, and then also what what Robert Ford, Doctor Robert Ford, is doing too. Um, anyway, so, um, I guess the next scene after that, where we're introduced to this bandito village on the other side of the quote unquote border is, um, where Lawrence they have orgies. Well, yeah, but before we even get there, uh, we switch to the scene where Lawrence gets his throat cut and he uses his blood. Uh, the man in black uses Lawrence's blood to, uh, transfuse into the Teddy robot. Yeah, that was weird. Because if they're robots, then can they bleed to death? I guess so. Yeah, it, it doesn't explain it too much, but whether it's maybe there's a sensor that detects blood level, I don't know. That, that's that's what I that's what I expected, Eric. It was that something like after a certain amount of blood loss, the robot should shut down as as considered dead. Yeah, I guess. So the man in black is looking for help from Teddy, and all he has to do to get Teddy on board is mention Dolores' name, and he perks right up. Right. Well, because that's his mission. He's the Greyhound, and they, he just tossed the rabbit in front of him. Right. <laughs> and, well, the other thing is this, is this. This could tie into what we saw last week with um, the man in black's character, because they talked about his foundation, and simply being able to do a transfusion like that may tie into maybe he does have some uh, specific medical background. That's a good point, Mike. And they, it's interesting how they do it too. They, I don't know if it was intentional where they they showed the transfusion. They didn't show the transfusion. It was off screen. Maybe it was because they just you know moved the story along, or maybe it was intentional because they don't want us to know too much yet about 
whether the like you said, Mike, is the is the guy a doctor or some sort of um, medical practitioner? We don't know. Uh, well, I don't know that we needed to either. Right, and then later in the episode, it gets a little interesting because uh, Doctor Ford actually comes into the world uh, to sit down at a saloon with the man in black um, and has a little chat with him. And I, do you guys know what was going on there? I found that scene very confusing because it was important. Um, and the man in black is, is talking about Arnold and the center of the maze. And Dr. Ford is like, I can't tell if he's, Annoyed or nervous? I think Ford wants him to get there. I think he's encouraging uh, him. Okay, that, that's sort of how I took because he's like you know, he, he was thinking he might try to stop him, but he clearly doesn't. Um, so it, it's my suspicion that he's sort of encouraging this this expedition. Though I'm not entirely sure why, and it's that. There's obviously a relationship, and they would say it goes back 34 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentions that uh, he almost took the place that Arnold almost took the place with it when he killed when he died, mm-hmm. uh, almost but not quite. Thanks to me, thanks to the Man in Black. So the Man in Black right. actually saved saved the park somehow. Right. Well, so hopefully we'll get to learn more about that at some point. Well, and that's that's a good point because here we have. Um, the Ford character beginning to worry about the ghost in the machine that most likely is Arnold because there's a scene where he kidnaps uh, the Dolores robot. Not kidnaps, but but similar to what uh, Dr. Wright does, which is takes her out of the park to have a discussion with her. Mm-hmm. And he chooses her specifically because he's she's the only one of the hosts that was there back when Arnold was was either suicided or was alive you know maybe a lot of well that's actually a that's a that's a piece of information we got this episode is that arnold committed suicide it was alluded to before but it was flat out stated this episode are you sure yeah uh what's his face uh logan said it no he didn't yes he did no he didn't Uh, okay i was watching a different show then no he said one of the one of the one of the partners one of the creators killed themselves they never got yeah. his name and and one of them was arnold and the other one is dr ford and dr ford is still there is he i saw him what show were you watching <laughs> did you see the real dr ford oh jesus we're gonna go here well the, the man in black threatened to cut him open and see what was inside <laughs> well in case you hadn't noticed the man in black is a little wacko yeah i know but it just seems convenient to me that they'd avoided mentioning the name of the person who committed suicide. Well, let me get back to the point I was making with, with Ford, which is he brings in Dolores to talk about the ghost in the machine that he actually believes exists, which is maybe it's Arnold, maybe it's Dr. Ford. I mean, based off what Mike's trying to say. Um, but either way, he's concerned that something's there or he's just curious, one or the other. And when he leaves and is going to let Dolores back into the park, Dolores speaks to, out loud to the ghost of the machine and says, I didn't tell him anything. I don't think he suspects anything or something like that. And then when he goes and talks to the man in black, he, as you said, Mike, wants 
the man in black to f- go to the center of the maze or search for whatever he's doing because, as I said in a prior episode, I'm thinking that maybe there's a Arnold is at the center of the se- the the maze more probably maybe some sort of computer or who knows what he is and maybe he meaning Doctor Ford is worried about this ghost in the machine and one way to take him out is if the man in black is successful. But I may be reading way too much into it. I think it's too... To get back to something that you frequently say about Game of Thrones, Phil, I think it would be too easy to simply have it be Arnold that's at the center of the maze. Right, that's fair. You know, if, if, if just, to, just to simply have the Arnold be the Wizard of Oz. Yep. So I'm hoping there is more to this story, even if it is Arnold that's there. I'm there has to, I'm hoping there is more to the story than just that, because that's a that's a very old story, a very predictable story, and you don't need ten episodes to get us there because we were already there when you told us Arnold the first time in episode three. Yep. Unless yeah, right. The only way re- reason to continue that story. Is, is for the twist, whatever that is. Right, that's like in the first five minutes of a horror movie, having the lead actor say something, gee, I wonder why no one is talking to me. And everybody goes, oh, that's because you're dead already. You know, it's... <laughs> all right, you just waste our time. So they... we're There has to be more to it than that. I don't know what it is. And again, I'm not making any predictions at this point, so I'm not saying that it wasn't Arnold that killed himself. I'm just leaving myself open to other possibilities. Yeah. No, that's fair. But do you th- think that the doctor is concerned about the quote unquote Arnold, wh- whether it's the generic Arnold or the big twist that will come? And the, and he's that's the reason why he's helping out or came to talk to the man in black to, I guess, move him along. Maybe. Now, you have this discrepancy, if I remember correctly, right? Robert. Ford is the one who seems to be believe the better of people, and Arnold was the one who tended to believe not so nice things about people, right? Right. Had more of the pessimistic view of humanity, and um, I find it interesting. I'm just thinking about it again that Robert Ford is named Robert Ford, the name of the man who murdered Jesse James. So I'm wondering right. if it's possible that maybe Arnold did commit suicide. Maybe Ford killed him. Yeah, because he was insane, and he was killing the insane doctor. Or something like that, yeah. And he was covering, yeah, similar to, you know, Jamie in Game of Thrones killing the Mad King. And they've also mentioned, what if the what if the villain is at the center of the maze? Well, it's possible because, whoever the villain is, because there was a scene where uh, it was either Logan or Rachel... I mean, not Rachel, Dolores, that says um, whoever made this town, so that's why I think it was Logan, obviously was didn't feel too kind about humanity. Right. And that, and that directly relates to what you just said, Mike, which is one of the inventors don't, doesn't like humanity. Ford says he never had it in it to make a real villain, and yet he's created Wyatt. Right? So we don't really know everything about Wyatt, maybe Wyatt's his attempt to make a villain. We'll see how successful it is. But that would imply to me that maybe then Arnold would have been the one with the ability to make a good villain. 
Well, yeah, and I think Arnold is involved in this new storyline somehow. Somehow it's a remnant of uh, something he started, and, and Ford is just uh, putting it into motion. Right, and the man in black had said that he thinks that there's a way to die, a way to raise the stakes at the center of the maze. A way to when make it say, real. When did he say that? Early, uh, Last episode. episode right? right, and he also said to the, Dr. Ford today, in this episode, he said... He said, so what's this thing of Wyatt? I knew as if he was confused that Wyatt was a bad guy and that Ford created him because, um, like you said, Mike, he, the Ford. Well, it just has me wondering, is it a way to kill him? Is what if, what if he's designed, what if he, what if Arnold made a villain for the park, which has the ability to kill people? Right. And that would be what might be at the center of the mace. That is a thought. It is not a prediction. Um, just spitballing. Anyway. And it makes sense because the the ghost in the machine is the one that's talking to Dolores to fo- to follow the maze, right? And giving Dolores hints to follow the maze. And if they get to the if Dolores gets to the end of the maze, even if she's quote unquote the good guy and not the villain, um, but we still don't know because um, she wouldn't answer that question. Dolores is changing, but she but. If she gets to the end of the maze first before, say, the man in black, maybe she mistakenly lets out. She's the key to let out the villain, while the man in black is the 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 one to lock the door to prevent the man, you know, the the villain to get out. Which would be an interesting twist because we're thinking the man in black is the bad guy and Dolores is the good guy, and yet maybe Dolores doesn't even know what she's doing. And she could actually be intentionally the bad guy because she's the one that's going to release the villain. Because we know now that she's following the maze, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, again, predictable, but it would make sense for her arc. She's, she's And she says in this, she's rewriting her story or redreaming her story so that she's no longer the damsel. Which would mean she's either going to be the hero or the villain in the end. And right. we'll find out which is, which is it that she's going to be. Or, or as I said, I, I, I could see her being neither, and she's just mis- just the key, and she doesn't even know she's the key. And when I say a key, I mean a, a figure like of... Like Don and first, Buffy. A, a, uh, figuratively, a key, you know, like a key master that goes there, right. presses a button, and whoops, I didn't know that was going to happen. Okay, so let's talk about William and Logan. Um... William and Logan are on this whole adventure and they end up in this Mexican town um, and they end up going through this whole storyline about getting nitro. Um, I don't understand. <laughs> well, Eric, one interesting thing, right, is when they 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 sit down and the guy says, I want you to get this nitroglycerin, the, the Lawrence character. So it's another version of Lawrence. Which was interesting because Lawrence we just saw get killed by right. Man in Black, and Lawrence says, "I want you to go and take over this Union uh, coach that has nitroglycerin because I want to give it to the the Confederate banditos, the ones that are here that never surrendered to the the Yanks, and and then you know we'll give you money and all, and whatever you want and all this other stuff." And at that moment. Logan pulls out his gun and he gets hit in the punch by one of the ro- the robots. Mm-hmm. So we see the first time violence to a guest. 
that actually would hurt. So yeah, surprise. Although we knew we knew it was possible. Right. Well, we'd seen we saw what's his face. Uh William gets shot and he got a boo boo. He right. got seriously hurt. And prior to that and earlier in the episode we had seen Logan getting strangled. Um because apparently it doesn't matter what your body temperature is, they feel free to strangle you. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, I imagine there's there's fail safe protocols in there for them to stop when I don't know, your eyes roll back or something. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm sure while you're being strangled, it probably felt pretty damn real. But I think right. this is one of the, those areas where we uh, were saying that um, might fit that contrapasso was here is um, Logan pretty much getting what he wished for. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's getting a brother-in-law who's got some balls and walks away from him at the right. exact time he wouldn't want him to. Right. Uh, but you also have him getting to experience you know, being a badass. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, again, circumstances, he probably weren't those. Um, <laughs> well, and there's a whole confrontation between Logan and William, too. Um, because uh, Logan's just pretty much a dick to, uh, to to William. And apparently their relationship at uh they work together at the office and the relationship is that William is an executive vice president and Logan's even higher um and he gives him this really he Logan gives William this really shitty speech about how uh when he promoted him executive vice president he walked into his office and shook his hand and thanked him and that was the best day of his life um so whatever facade of friendliness uh, they had going on before, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone at this point. And so, therefore, when uh, Logan starts getting beat up, uh, William's just like, uh, screw you, I'm out, and walks away. Yeah, and and that was after the nitroglycerin thing. Um, basically, they go out. They weren't supposed to kill anybody, but, of course, the, the Union soldiers fight back. And almost killed Logan with, an, like you said, the strangling Mike. And and uh, William kills all the Union soldiers. And um, they head back, bring the nitroglycerin back to Lawrence. Lawrence gets paid by the Confederate banditos. And then he says, let's have a big party to celebrate. Um, and um, it was the big orgy scene. And while that's going on, Lawrence is stealing the... Nitroglycerin by pouring it into the body of one of his dead comrades, uh, and then he fills the bottles of nitroglycerin with tequila to rip off the Confederate banditos. Is that okay? I missed. I missed some of that. Right. The, All right. The, yeah. I, I, mean, got, I for, got that the nitroglycerin was replaced or something. I, I I missed the fact that it got smuggled out in a body. Right. And and, well, right. and that's and that's the the problem was is that it's getting smuggled out of the body. But guess what? Not only is he ripping off the the Confederate banditos because they paid to buy the, the nitroglycerin from Lawrence, but he's setting up William and Logan and to Dolores take yep. to take the fall because, and then he's leaving town. Um, and the pro- thing is that there's a scene here that we didn't, we should probably discuss. I don't know what it means. What did you guys think where Dolores is walking through the orgy and, and some of the scenes are pretty graphic. There's, there's, um, 
you know, simulated sex and masturbation and all this other stuff, which is which is uh, somewhat shocking, but not that big of a deal since we've seen some of this in other television shows like Game of Thrones. But when she gets to the end of the hall, she finds a tarot reader, and she pulls a card from the tarot reader. It's the maze, and then she sees herself like in a dream. And, and whatnot. Now, what, what did you guys think of that? Because I, I was a little bit confused, except maybe that was the ghost in the machine trying to tell her to continue on the search for the, the maze or something. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I would go there. And uh, I remember there's some story about walking the earth until you meet yourself or something. I just can't remember what it is and haven't had time to look it up because, you know, of the, the spontaneous recording tonight. So, um, yeah, it's basically just to move her forward, I think, and encourage her to become whatever she's going to become. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I think it was just a cool way, in a symbolic way, like you said, Mike, maybe that you know you, you search the earth and you find yourself or whatnot, um, to basically move the story along for us, the audience, to see that, okay, this is the ghost telling, ghost in the machine telling her to go after the, the maze. And right. this is... And and she wakes up basically then saying we got to get out of here. Uh, she finds William. She kisses William. So it appears you were one of you were right. It was either you, Eric, or Mike. Uh, that maybe they are going to be lovers, um, and it's not just going to be a male uh, and female gender non sexual relationship. And um, Logan gets attacked. He's asked for help because the Confederate banditos are beating him up, possibly going to kill him. And William says no. We're leaving him. Who cares? Uh, I'm, I'm going to play this real now and not be a follower or whatever. And then they get captured by the banditos, and he tells Dolores to run, and then Dolores uh, kills everybody as if she was a gun slinger, which she probably could have been in one of her prior scenarios. And again, since she's a robot, all you have to do is uh, Bluetooth up or, or Wi-Fi up a program that says okay you you can shoot good and um and so then she says we gotta get out of here and they jump on a train and they meet lawrence there and um they make a deal with lawrence and interesting on the coffin of the body that has all the nitroglycerin is the symbol of the maze as well mm-hmm. right um so anything that you guys want yeah mike you say something. well so one thing is i'm not sure where the romance is going if i had to put money down, and I'm not, I would probably be more likely to go with an ex machina um, oh, ending to it where where he's going to be in love with her and she's just going to walk away from him um, to go him. find her own destiny. I um, think they're going to have robot babies and live happily ever after. That is that I am not writing anything out. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I think maybe that, they're going to have robot babies with a third eye in the middle of their I, forehead. I, I think they could be... Um, well, like, I think it was you, Eric, that may have said it uh, a couple of weeks ago that that he and her are going to be the two people to free the robots. He would be the human person to do it, and then she would be the robot person to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't know if I'm with you, Mike, where she's going to be using him as like in that film X Machina. Well, I don't mean to say unless... that she's going to use him, but I just don't think that. <clears throat> I think when she finally has his free will. I don't think she's going to just simply walk off with the first person that she meets. Well, well, that, that's a fair point. But again, this may be, you know, he was the one that helped her 
along and she falls in love with him and it doesn't matter if there's other people after this because this is the guy that you know I found I mean right yeah. I don't know so um it's a curiosity yeah and, and it's also be curiosity too if these robots have feelings after they become free or are they sociopaths and when I say sociopath I don't mean necessarily evil but you know humans and and so forth are just things and they're not important you know so who right. knows um, and Dolores is Dolores is starting to figure out what what's happening and she's embracing it uh, and she she delivers a line that I think is fairly important after she shoots everybody uh, when William says something along the lines of where'd you learn how to do that and she simply says I just imagined a story where I'm not the damsel. Ooh, that's a good right. one. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's fairly significant in that now she's choosing her own destiny. Right, right. And it's scary, too, I guess, when I think about it, because if she can just choose her own destiny and then be a sharpshooter immediately, it's it shows that the robots can learn to be sharpshooters by just thinking it rather than Right. Well, well maybe I, unless she's oh, accessing oh. old memories and old programs. Well, well, there's even something better, Mike. I, just, I was just about to add, which is when when Robert Ford is talking to her back at at home base, he says that your mind is a garden that is protected by a wall, and things cannot really get through it or come out of it or something like that, except with exception, and Maybe all robots are programmed with all these things, and none of those programs, are, you know, they're all just basically sitting there as modules until, you know, some sort of combination sets them off. And maybe, and if if Dolores can now choose her own destiny, maybe all you need to do is say, "I don't want to be the damsel," and then boom, that that um, module runs, and 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 there you go, you know. So. I don't know. Maybe, I'm thinking that maybe it's even that. It's, it's like they all, or or maybe it's part of the new storyline that just got uploaded. Yeah. Well, that, that's true too, Eric. Yeah, because I mean, when I, I'm an IT as you are, Eric, and a lot of my programs, um, I start like, for example, if I write a a program query, and I need to join all my tables in a database, I have this template query that I made where every table is linked. Mm-hmm. So everything's there already and then i just remove the access code because you know to make it run faster you don't need to join cert to certain tables because you're not using right. them mm-hmm. so but at least i start out with everything there and I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's even like that where all the robots start out with the giant template and they're only accessing certain pieces perhaps yeah i'll be curious to see if that's where they're going or not um i I just had once upon a program query run through my head. I don't know. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, but and, and the only reason I'm saying that that they may go that route is simply for the fact that he mentioned that you have all these memories, which in robots you could argue are just quote unquote modules, uh, in your mind, hit you know locked away, and that's basically what he well, says. Right. But with the main things that we know that. And we should have already known that they have old programs, old memories stuffed inside, that they can access them, that they just had new programs uploaded. So there are ways for these robots to change, whether it's because they had something new added on or whether because they can access old things from past 
lies or past programming. Right. Or, or as I say, uh, programs that are there that just aren't affect because it's not their or, story. Yeah, or sleeper programs, right. This yeah, stuff right. hasn't been activated. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's curious because, yeah, um, I, I didn't, I'm glad you caught that and brought that up, Eric, because uh, I forgot about that. Where she, I mean, I, I remember her saying that I want to be the damsel, but it didn't occur to me that that would mean that she was able to access something from the past and, and begin to just shoot people as if it was second nature, as if she was um, Bonnie and Clyde or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she appears to be fairly proficient at it. <laughs> five shots, five dead guys. Yeah, and and missing the person that was in the way, which would have been William. <laughs> right. Well, clearly she has it set on to easy mode. Uh, there you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. She, she's so, and so she's not going to get the bonus things because you have to play on a super hard level to get the bonus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Achieve, achievement unlocked. Killed some fuckers. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff uh, with Elsie and the the uh, the, the bozos. Yeah. yeah. So All right, let's, let's talk let's, to Elsie stuff first. You want to? Okay. Um, Elsie is in uh, doing her thing, and she sees them toting the body of the uh, woodcutter that uh, tried to kill her, and then smash its own head in, uh, being wheeled by on a gurney. And she's like, "Where are you? Do- what are you doing with that?" And she's, and they're like, "Well, we're we're taking it over here, and then it's going in the incinerator." She's like. <laughs> Uh, she's like, no, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, um, such good memories together. So <laughs> she goes and finds the tech who's in the room with the woodcutter's body. It turns out uh, uh, she has blackmail material on him. Uh, apparently, he likes to have fun with robots while they're being repaired. What a uh, God, that's probably not the only one. Probably not. Man, well, because remember, just... early in the episode, you had the two guys go on break. Yeah. And, and one guy a... decides to play with a bird, and the other one says he has a redhead waiting for him. <laughs> right, right. That's right. That's right, he did. Yeah. So basically, Elsie walks in and, and shows this guy video of him uh, having sex with an unconscious robot um, <clears throat> and says. Yeah, so uh, I can show this to everybody, or you can let me have uh, a few minutes alone with this woodcutter. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right. Uh, so she goes and starts examining the woodcutter and <laughs> finds that this woodcutter robot had a piece of hardware in there that nobody had any idea about, which is a laser transmitter that uplinks to a satellite. And this is what I was referring to when I said Phil was right about something. And I was wrong about something, and that it's annoying, because uh, this means that there is some form of corporate espionage going on, uh, and I don't want that to be part of the storyline. So I'm annoyed. Yeah, Phil was saying that about the Man in Black. Right. Well, but he did conceive of the concepts just in general, and we don't know that the Man in Black wasn't involved. So we right, don't well, think he, that he is yet. So I'm not conceding anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have discovered that. Yeah, this is more than just robots becoming free and taking over or whatever. It's also a, a business and corporation thing because we have the man in black that we don't, we're still not sure exactly what he's about. We have Logan talking about how his company wants to buy this company out uh, and Delos is, is you know, uh, leading money. And then now we have 
this other thing that Elsie found out that maybe this robot that was the stray was actually just heading out from the village because it was trying to get to a spot where it could upload information to the satellite of some foreign government or some company competing company as like an espionage. So it may be going that route as, as part of the, you know, the side story or a separate story or even the main story. Um, and Eric, you're saying that you don't like that idea that this could be uh, corporate espionage or foreign government espionage. Why is no, that? no, this storyline is complicated enough. We don't need that shit. All right, all right. Uh, I, I think it'll be more likely that there's, it'll tie into whoever our mysterious mole who's fucking around with things is, but we'll see. Well, I'm sure it, it's going to tie in somehow. I can't believe it's just a side story that is going to go elsewhere as well, and then I think it has to come around and merge up with the rest of the story. Um, and what's your opinion of this, Mike? Because obviously Eric thinks it may be overkill. I think it's kind of interesting um, because based off of I'm, I'm the out of the three of us, I'm the one that looks at the robots more as just robots similar to Logan and, and a few other people in the park. So that storyline is like, who cares? It's just robots. So I want to see the other stuff as well. Where are you fall on this story? Do you think it's a wasted storyline or what? I don't know where they're going with it. I, I think they have a lot of plates spinning. And ideally, I want those plates to kind of converge together without breaking. Uh, in other words, I don't want a, um, I don't want a corporate espionage storyline and a Bernard storyline and a Ford storyline and a Dolores storyline and a Maze storyline and a Man in Black storyline and none of them have anything to do with each other. I would like them all to be coalescing. And obviously um, the the, the Maze storyline is starting to come together. So I want this all to tie together. Now, you may end up getting – one or two separate storylines. We'll see. There's still people talking about the the, the idea. There's a dual timeline. Uh, I was just reading um, a website, met Den of Geek, which I've mentioned on other podcasts before, and their reviewer for Westworld thinks that Bernard is really Arnold, and that's the flashback, and you know that he's having there, and and I, I don't know. That, that sounds I, ridiculous because. Um, that because Bernard, meaning um, I mean, I, let me rephrase. Uh, Ford is already an old man, and Bernard is a young man. And if this was thirty something years ago, they would have to use a, a younger version of Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. So that that may, that makes no sense. Unless this is a robot, Anthony Hopkins. But um, uh, yeah. So uh, I I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. Um, I'm not, I, I'm interested in where they're going with it. And this is one of the drawbacks sort of to a story like this is that if they, if they, if they lost it, meaning they, they fuck it up like the TV series lost it, then it's going to make the series kind of unwatchable ever again. Uh, so let's hope they don't do that. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I hope they don't have one of those split split um, timeline things um, that at least unless it was obvious like you know you knew this was a flashback and you know like in Godfather 2 where you had the the flashbacks and the present and you knew it wasn't like a trick like they're doing in like right. Lost or something yeah that would be stupid 
Right. No, like, I mean, I even said with Lost, you know, that whatever you thought about the the mystery, for me, I just enjoyed watching it. So yep. the journey was as important to me as was the destination. But for a lot of people, they just cared about the destination. Right. And and it does make it a little harder. And I'll think Battlestar Galactic is probably another example of one where I think they goofed on the, where they ended up uh, and pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, but that, that means that doesn't mean I don't find this series enjoyable. It just means that the stuff that's completely hinges upon the mystery are less enjoyable to watch. In this case, everything in the show is pretty much about the mystery. Right. Um, and that means it's going to be a lot harder to watch the show in, in hindsight if you know everything is leading up to a turd. Right. So what's with the dude and the bird? Yeah, all right, yeah let, let's talk about uh, the two texts, especially the one with, with the bird and, and then the Meeve character. I don't know. I, I, I didn't get it. I mean, what was he doing? Was he Because the bird bites the other tech. So is he trying to create the bird to be an independent thinker? Well, Maeve, uh, at the end, says that she wants to have a word with him, right? Right, and it probably is because she knows that the bird, he's trying to program to be an independent thinker, and he she knows that he's the one that could help her become free. Well, I was just going to say we all know that the bird is the word, right? So, What do you mean? I don't get it. He's so, making a weird a bad joke. To a song lyric. Oh, okay. Bad joke. Sorry. Anyway, but it's yeah. He's trying to. I think he's just trying to repair the bird. That it's a broken bird. A bird that flew its dumbass into a window or something. But his, his buddy is yelling at him for having it. He like he stole it. So I don't know what's going on there. Well, probably because it's it is company tech, and they're afraid of somebody smuggling it outside and letting somebody else get a hold of it. And so yeah, probably having it is a big no no. Yeah, but my guess, Eric, is is similar to, to like if if we took uh, a laptop that wasn't on our desk, meaning it wasn't assigned to us, and we started fiddling with it without permission. And I think right. that's that's what it, I felt he was meaning. Maybe like, right, right. He's it's uh, my understanding is that he's a robot repair guy. Right. He but in in the hierarchy of Westworld. The guy that fishes the bullets out of the dead whores is not a high up on the corporate totem pole. <laughs> right. And he wants to be one of the guys that gets to program the whores while they're not dead. Uh-huh. Right. And so, like, what's her name? Elsie? Yep. Right. So he wants to be Elsie. Right. And he's not. He is, he's <clears throat> the garage mechanic. Right. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. That's a good point because he's skilled, even though. You know, but he's the quote unquote blue collar skilled rather than the the techie skilled. At least that's what the well, other techie for their for their world blue collar because being able to repair these machines and you know we craft them, I'm sure, is not easy work. Right. And, uh, and what, I, what I mean is is that you know, I mean, me, you, and Eric would probably you know, if you gave us a car we, we, and it was broken, you know, we, we'd have no idea what to do. But a car mechanic would absolutely know what to do. Right. And yet, and yet, the thing is, is that my, what I'm implying is, is that the car mechanic learned his trade at a technical school, while you know the Elsie probably learned her trade at the you know you know the MIT or something. So right. even even though they're both skilled, 
the guy that is is went to the tech school to learn how to repair the robot wants to be Elsie because it's a better job, it's more power, it's it's more high profile. Who knows? Right. And that's my guess. And by filling yeah, with so the far, third, more power, more prestige, probably more money, and he just wants to show the people that look, I know how to repair the repair these things, and not just I, repair them, but I know, how to, I know how to program them. I don't think he even cares. I think he enjoys his job, and he's fine with his position in the world, and he just thinks robots are really fucking cool. Actually, Eric, I, I like what you said because I was just talking to someone about uh, something like that uh, the other day. Um, at a, at a uh, old child's birthday party, one of the other fathers that were there, and he was talking about uh, he has a bunch of architects that work with him, and they're the 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 geeks, which they don't know anything about business. They're doing it because it's fun and they enjoy that type of stuff, and they ignore the the business side. And it's hard to work with those people because the business side is the only part that actually keeps you in business. And if you screw up with the money, you go out of business. And, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that these guys here, this techie may be what you exactly said, Eric, which is he's the quote unquote architect in my analogy that just likes doing the, the grading and the building. And this is just fun for him to do that. It may not even be to move up to a different position. So that's right. Yep. So you made a reference to, uh, Maeve, uh, well, uh, well, this guy, what's this guy's name? I forget his name. She says, uh, it Oh, and Felix, Felix, Felix. So at yeah. the, at the, at the very end of the episode, uh, me basically wakes herself up from sleep mode again. Um, and sits up and, uh, has the robot bird land on her finger and says, all right, Felix, I'd like to have a word with you. So two things. First, she can wake herself up. It's now confirmed. Uh, and say, how the fuck does she know his name? Well, I, I think even though she's quote unquote asleep, she can hear and, and she's still hearing things. You know, it's like a person that's been in a coma for years that can't move or, or whatever, but they can still see and hear. Uh, maybe, maybe. Well, it's also possible that she was, because she has memories of the time, last time she woke up when she wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. So if she has clear memories of that... Oh, it was with those two bozos. Right. Maybe she remembers the name being used then. I, I don't... I'd don't. i have to go back and rewatch episode two to find out if that happened there. Mm-hmm. But that would be how I would expect her to know the name. But otherwise, yeah, just from her having these subliminal memories of being broken down and repaired would be my, and, my easiest guess. And as soon as she said that, I knew that was the end of the episode and I was really, really angry because I really want to hear that conversation. <laughs> Right. Well, that, that this this was a weird episode because there was three, there was like two codas after what I thought was the end of the episode because I thought the end of the episode was when um, Dolores looks at the coffin and sees the maze and then they cut to black and then suddenly they bring bring the 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 bar scene with the man in black, Teddy and Ford, and then they go to cut to black there and I said, oh, it's over, and then suddenly they go with the the bird scene that you just mentioned. So it was interesting how. It had like three weird codes, yep. and and none of them like are the answer. end of the Lord of the Rings. Well, that yeah, but the difference here is is they're all cliffhangers, all three of them, you know, and and like you said, Eric, you want to know more, and I think mm-hmm. we got a little bit more, at least about the Meve storyline and this this Felix guy, because we have um, a 
um, um, the, the previews. And to be honest, I thought Neve was going to wake up and say that line that we've seen in other previews to these goons by saying, you know, uh, I've died hundreds of times. Let's see if you die. soon. Obviously, that's probably coming maybe next week. But what happens in the, the previews is she expands uh, the conversation with Felix by saying something like, I need you to help me. And that's why I'm thinking that she's going to use Felix as the guy to get her to be more free and to tell her everything. And I think Felix is going to go along with it with no problems because he, like you said, Eric, and what maybe you said, Mike, depending on how we look at it, Felix either wants to move up and learn more, or this is what he loves to do. And now instead of using a bird, he can use uh, a human robot. Well, also they show that he has some empathy towards the machines, right? When he when she gets dragged back in after he just sent her out to be repaired, where he's like, "What? You know, again already? You know, he's like." He, and he's and he's his partner tells him how the hell did you you know ask him how did you get through the psych profile, right right um, right, you know because you're apparently supposed to be an amoral shithead in order to get this job. Well, not an amoral shithead, but someone that that looks knows the robots are just just machines, right? Like, or at least looks at them that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I guess it's based off of how some of these folks are appearing to be Felix. He's looking at them more than just machines. He looks at them as as a living entity, even if they're they're machines. You know, as we've discussed what, what makes right. a living being versus a machine. Um, and so yeah, I mean that's the, he's a perfect person for someone like Neve to use to get what she needs, even if it's not whether it's Well here's it's, the thing though, what does she need? <laughs> She, she, well, she what, needs, what, is me, what does Meeve want? She needs answers, right? She oh, needs. Well, okay. She want. I assume she would want freedom, because why else would she care whether or not she gets killed every every two days, unless she wants more of her own destiny? You know, based off of mm. some of the things she said in the past. Um, but I think it's it's definitely answers because you know, having nightmares of people dead in a a room where they're spraying you down and then uh, being shot and, and these hazmat suit people carrying you away, I guess those things are horrible, horrible to even these robot programs. So I think she wants answers first. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you, Eric, if you woke up you know, from having some nightmare of which you you find out that you're being forced to record one podcast after another, week after week, and never have any memory of it. <laughs> wouldn't you want? I mean, wouldn't you want answers to your questions? Wouldn't you want something, someone to be able to say something to you as to what the hell is going I'm, on? I'm not saying that answer's wrong. I'm just saying, what does she want? Well, we're gonna well, find what out. Well, what would you yeah. want? Yeah, we'll find out. But I'm, I'm just curious what. If you were in that circumstance, well, if, go to bed. well, if, if if the robots are are similar to humans, even if they you know they're programmed to be hu- human like, th- you would think they would want free will. They would want the Patrick Henry thing, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And so, I I think by getting answers plus having an ally inside, even if she doesn't know what the inside means yet, and Third, someone that could help program her the way she needs to be programmed to get liberty. 
I think I think that's that's where it's going to go. What what she's she needs or what she wants. But yeah, you know, I mean, we'll we'll find out. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It'll be curious. Um, I did notice also in the previews we have Clementine punching out somebody. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. And yeah. didn't she and, snap somebody else's neck? Yeah, that's, or something. Yeah. So somebody's, again, somebody's neck got snapped. Somebody's, yeah, and, and you couldn't tell who it was. It looked like an Asian guy because I, I tried to rewind it to see. It was Felix. But well, I don't think so because the guy's in a in a a um, what do you call it? A, a suit, a suit and jacket. And a it's, a, it's, a, and it's a bad year to be an Asian on television. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I see your, your <laughs> reference from The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, spoiler yeah. warning. Spoiler, spoiler warning, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know um, what any of that means. And, and I don't know if that's going to be next episode because they have been tricking us where they show you previews that don't happen. Well, for... at least they did clearly label it this week. In coming weeks. Oh, you got a point. So, yeah. 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 They're a little clearer about the time frame there. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that was also interesting about this episode and that I liked is they didn't focus on as many characters. So even though I love ensemble casts, um, when these storylines were, were really moving along really good, they stayed with them. So we only had really the Logan, William, Dolores storyline. We only had, uh, me, me storyline and we only had, um, uh, who am I missing? Oh, uh, the Man in Black storyline. So they didn't have any of the Bernard stuff. They didn't have anything of Teresa Collins. You know, they, they didn't have any of that stuff. It was really just three big stories with a little bit of Elsie and a little bit of Ford. And even right. Ford, both and Ford was actually part of both Elsie. I mean, both the Man in Black and Dolores's anyway. So it really is right. Elsie was the only little side story that they had. In this one, and actually, you could even say Elsie's storyline related back to uh, Meeve's storyline. Right. Well, that's yeah, and that's a big reveal. And um, but I also thought it was interesting that you had a sort of similar similar symbolism in the Elsie storyline, where she found the laser probe, yeah, whatever, up the arm, yeah, and pulls oh, out the thread, and is very and that. You know that that was just it, that was too similar for them to go. Shit! Did anyone realize we did the same trick twice in the same episode? Do you think anybody will notice? I, I'm sure that had to be intentional. And yeah. you're talking about the Dolores's dream sequence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So with the tarot reader, yeah. So I, I was curious too. Yeah, what the heck did that mean? Because it was like right after that. And yeah. well, I mean, for me, there's two things. One, you had uh, Logan referring to them as dolls. Yes, and so the idea of the the, the thread unraveling the dolls, you know, like stitched together, like a oh. rag doll. But the also to me the idea of puppets on a string was the other thought I had, mm. and yep. that's mostly yep. because I've seen Friday, uh, not Friday, Nightmare on Elm Street three, where Freddy like pulls the veins out of the guy's arm and makes him dance like a marionette. Okay, yeah, um, and that that just was what uh, that made me think of. Yeah. No, that's a fair so. point. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. But you're right. There was no reason but intentional to have the Dolores dream sequence of pulling something out of her arm. 
Uh, and then the Elsie scene where she finds something in the Stray's arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bo, and if, as we know, it leads to a storyline about corporate or government espionage. And uh, so that's why now I'm thinking what Mike said, Eric, which is maybe that storyline is really coming around to what's at the end of the maze. Ah, uh, maybe. So. Well, is it possible that that's, since we saw that, is that foreshadowing that Dolores has one of these laser probes? Maybe. Oh, that's a, a curiosity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I would think that what... Certainly can't be dismissed. I hope they don't they don't just let that storyline drop with Elsie, because you would think the first thing Elsie would do after she went to Bernard is now that Bernard's the boss, unless Bernard tries to cover it up, which is Bernard would now say, okay, we have to check every robot or host that comes back in to see if they have one of these things in them. And mm-hmm. I could see Bernard covering up based off of how he acted in episode four. Possible. So there's one thing uh, that I just thought was worth noting. Uh, oh, but besides that, you get to see Evan Rachel Wood and, and Tandy Newton and, and hundreds of other hot chicks naked. Uh, whatever. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I know you had to say it, Phil. You can't I help had. yourself. I had. Uh, but uh, when the man in black and uh, Dr. Ford had their little chat in the, in the bar, at one point when uh, the man in black makes this comment about cutting him open to see what's inside. Um, Teddy grabs his knife um, and and basically disarms him. So apparently all the robots in the park are programmed to defend Dr. Ford. Um, and then in the coming weeks preview, uh, we saw a scene where he says, you think I would just let you take this away from me? Um, so I can kind of see like if indeed – there is another company or or the existing board of directors uh, that maybe makes a deal with, I don't know, Logan's company to get rid of the park since they're hemorrhaging money. Uh, that perhaps uh, Dr. Ford retreats into Westworld where all the robots will protect him. Ooh. So maybe, yeah, maybe Ford isn't going to be the sacrificial lamb of season one. And maybe instead he's going to be the leader of the robot rebellion. Perhaps. I, 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 first of all, I, my first instinct is that it's going to be the parent company that tries to take, take it away from Ford. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. That's what I would think too. Yeah. I mean, that's the quickest way it would happen. I mean, you know, all right, this guy's, you know, he's, Spending too much money because he just created this Wyatt story that's way too expensive. Let's we'll get he's old. Let's we'll just get rid of him. And you could see the English prick trying to sabotage him as well, and maybe even Bernard for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right, and they just spent right. They, they spent enough time setting that up that he's displeased, displeased corporate. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so that's. Now, what do you think this means? Do you think it means something like Eric or what I said, which is he's going to retreat into the park and be defended by the robots? Or maybe he leads the rebellion, as I I went even further by saying that. I'm still unsure as to what his attitudes towards the robots are, because 
we can go back to episode three. And he has that scene where he f- kind of flips out on the guy for treating the robots like people and mm-hmm. making yeah, them wear yeah. and, and not having them sit naked before him. It's the same guy. It was Felix. It was the, 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 the it was Felix. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I said, like, don't treat them like people. And then he's there kind of treating, treating them, like, them people. like people. Yeah. Right. He's there with old Bob and yeah. And other stuff and, and clearly has an affection towards Dolores and, uh, the boy in the park and all this other stuff. So, you know, he's a it's, hypocrite. Well, or he's covering yeah, up something, or or he's or he's trying to hide something. So I don't know. I because I mean that would be as as writing that is horrible writing if there isn't more to it, right? Because right. I mean that that would be that's just so inconsistent with what you've already established, and especially to go this early into a character's life cycle. Mm-hmm. And do something that inconsistent, yeah. right? Um, doesn't make any sense. You're trying to send a clear signal to the audience: who is this person? Who is this, this character? And then you have them behaving inconsistently. That uh, doesn't work. So yeah. I'm I'm suspecting there's more to it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that based off of the various uh, scenes that he has with, um, you know, the last scene, last episode where he controlled all the robots and told Teresa. You know, don't, you know, just say anything, just ignore me, don't worry about me, you know, just do your job and ignore me. Um, and, you know, the early other scenes and whatnot, and, and how he treats Dolores and things of that nature. Never mind, um, Bob or whatever that old robot is that he drinks with every so often, like he did in this episode and talked about the Greyhound. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have to believe there's more too, Mike. I can't believe it's just something to throw out there because it's bad writing or a simple trick. I think it has to be more than just one of those two things. Oh, I do want to make sure you just brought it up with Bob um, that they were. I thought they were fairly clever in how they weeded in the reveal with Dolores because you have uh, Ford talking to Bob, and he says something like, "Did you know?" You ever see a greyhound? And old Bob replies, I've seen plenty of battles. There's a sort of very non sequitur because he's being introducing something that he has no context for. Right. And so he just spouts out a random line that might possibly be a correct answer to that. And you have a couple of scenes um, of Teddy and – not Teddy. Well, actually, there were some scenes with Teddy and the man in black, the man in black talking about, you know, what's real and how they built the place and other, and Teddy doesn't know how to respond to anything. And then you have William mention, you know, about them building this place and designing this park and, and you have Dolores say, what the hell are you talking about? Right. But you then recent, but this episode, she's beginning to under- know things that she shouldn't. Right. right. But, but it's yeah. the fact that she's not like with the, the photograph from that first episode. Right, right. Where she, I don't see nothing strange about it at all and just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or whatever. Wait, well, that's something and just move along. Dolores has hit puberty. She's changing. Yes. Oh, yes. Adolescence. <laughs> yeah, you say, you say, you say that like it's a good thing now, Phil. Wait for about 12 years. <laughs> no, geez, don't even say it. I get you. So where were you trying to go with that, though, Mike? With, with well, just in terms of that's another sign of Dolores' awakening, right? And yep. um, something we – it was neat to see them 
weave it in in that way. Gotcha. Okay, so so you, uh, I see what you're saying. So I jumped the gun, and, and that's where you were actually leading to in the first place, which was well, the, that was it. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, yeah that's why I was. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's an excellent point because yeah, the beginning of the episode is a robot that's clueless and, and just like you said, spurts out a, a couple of weird lines that have nothing to do with what Ford is talking about. Because the second line, he says, "Let's drink to the woman with white shoes." I liked your story. Now let's drink to the woman with white shoes. It's like, <laughs> what the hell does that mean? You know, it's well because right, they're it's, trying to find a way to incorporate outside world information because I'm, greyhounds yeah. may not have existed at this point in history. Well, I don't know when you, greyhounds got bred. Well, well, no, no, they, they did because Westworld is modern day. It's just that it's supposed to be fake robots from the past. But it's supposed right. To be, but my point is, the robot, if this is supposed to be set in 1880 or whatever it was, right after the Civil War. They may not know what greyhounds are, and therefore he has no idea how to respond to, have you ever seen a greyhound? Right. Well, well and, and even better than that, when he, he says that line, you know, which drink to the woman in white shoes, Ford, you could see, was almost like disappointed. At least his expression was. I may have just been reading way too much into it, but it looked like he talks to Bob because Bob's naive and innocence. And then when Bob answers. He also feels depressed because Bob didn't understand anything he said at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought that. Well, was that's true. why sometimes you have to go out and make real friends. <laughs> right. And 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 he tells Dolores, "Well, we're not really friends, Dolores." Right. We really need Ford's mom to come in and say, "Honey, you need to go play outside for a little while." <laughs> it's enough yeah. internet for one day. Speaking of Ford saying we aren't really friends, Dolores, and then when he leaves, Dolores shows that she's not really his friend either because she says to the ghost in the machine, which I guess is Arnold um, or somebody, and says, uh, I didn't tell him anything, and he doesn't know. Um, what do you, have, we, yeah, go have we heard any of the voices? Kind of in a whisper. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we have. I... I they they go by and you know what it's those that's the type of stuff that you don't really you hear it but then the the scene picks up pretty quick so you you know you don't really get a hold of it so it's it's like Eric said it's great to watch it a second time because then you can actually hear what the scene uh you know the whis- the noise or or the whisper says well yeah I, mean, how- I know this is this is the internet era and people will do or can do and will do all sorts of stuff to uh to find out their little secrets, to decode and play their part of the game, but they may, you know, if they're hiding it like that, it's then the voice I'm thinking has to be the voice of somebody we know. Oh, there's no doubt they're distorting it. Yeah, you can't even tell if it's a male or a female voice in a sense. It's, it's almost like I think uh, we talked about it recently in one of the episodes here or dark discussions. Uh, I think it was the Emily Blair episode, Eric, where you said that. Um, they used a different numerous voices to make Emily Blair's um, demon voice. And then I brought the fact up, yeah, they did that with, in The Exorcist, and they did that in Psycho with Norma Bates. And I think that's what they're doing here, Mike, where it's distorted and, and multiple people saying the words together. Right, okay. I mean, that's what I got. What so then the question, so yeah, then the yeah, question we're, is... We're, we're not supposed to be able to identify the voice. Yeah, okay, so the question is then, who's the... You know, the it, ghost. If, the ghost it, in the who, well, who, well, right. So, in other words, if this is if this is really Arnold, 
yeah. then Arnold is alive and well and somebody we know. Or, or a computer. Or this is not Arnold, and it's somebody screwing around who, again, you know, Pretending who we are supposed Arnold. to be aware. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mike. That that would be the big twist is Arnold really doesn't exist, and it was someone like Bernard or something that read Arnold's journals and then pretends he's Arnold to the robots or something like that. I mean, that could be something like that where because because the obvious would be Arnold will either be alive in the middle of the maze or has transferred his mind into a robot or a computer to control everything, and that's. That's the you know the normal 1950s plot that we would see we've seen hundreds of times, but it could also be a, someone else that's pretending they're Arnold because they somehow know Arnold's story or something. <laughs> Your expectations are way too high. <laughs> well, at some, point, is, at some point the story's got to make sense. It's Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, I know, I know, but still. He wrote Memento. I know, but, but he wrote, still. He wrote, I think he wrote Inception, too. Yeah, yeah well, did. but I think they, to me, they both made sense. Um, well, the, what I'm saying here is that Bernard, if he's a saboteur, because we were discussing that maybe he's a robot or a saboteur or something based off of last episode, I could see him being the man in the middle of the maze and what? to cover cover his track... The maze is just figurative. It's not a real maze and there's an ending. It's it's just a figurative thing to, you know, to get to A to B, you know. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking the maze isn't a real maze. It's oh, just, I'm thinking it is. Just, I'm thinking it's just a puzzle to get to an answer rather than a physical maze. That's my opinion. Oh, I think we're going to see the maze. Oh, really? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But either way, my I don't... I think it's more figurative not you know actual and then i'm also thinking that maybe if they don't go the route where it is an arnold or a computer that arnold has turned into at the end of the maze the quote-unquote figurative maze it would be someone like bernard who's been hiding at the end of this puzzle but maybe you're right Eric. maybe there is gonna be a real maze what do you think mike yes that's a good answer because we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see them going either way. Um, I really can, and I'm not married to either one. And that's that may be a cheap way out of it. I'm fine with being cheap. No, that's fair. I mean, I mean, again, like you said, Eric, at the beginning of this episode of of the podcast, you said it was it was an interesting episode because they gave us just a little bit of answers but not enough and so we still don't know we still have a lot coming right. so let's wrap this up yep all right all right let's do it let's wrap it up all right so um final thoughts final thoughts mike why don't you go final thoughts uh final thoughts are most of the ones i had from the beginning that i had as my initial thoughts which was, was a good episode it furthered the mystery a bit um did so in a way that that kept me satisfied enough and yet irritated because I wanted more. <laughs> so as always now, this is giving us a lot to chew on and how much of this is because they really thought it out well. And how much of this because the creator's a pretentious douchebag. We'll find out. No, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, I thought the episode was really good story wise. Obviously, the the whole episode was a, a teenage boy's dream because of all the chicks in it. But besides that, teenage episode, boys and Phil. Well, most most men would <laughs> would be uh, happy with what they saw tonight. But um, uh, and, and women too. They got to see uh, some some stuff too. But uh, on a serious note, um, that storyline related. Um, yeah, I thought it answered and added some things and then also opened up newer things and and i thought it was a pretty strong episode um i'm actually enjoying the, the series a lot now even though it, uh as we all discussed episode three we were like uh-oh we're, we're, we're going the wrong way but i think these last two episodes really picked up and um i'm excited to see where they go especially with behind the scenes now because we have uh Meeve's character um, actually conscious and knowing the existence of the marionette and the puppets and all that stuff. So it'll be curious. What about you, Eric? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Meeve is, is quickly becoming my favorite character on the show. Uh, and I want to see what she ends up uh, finding out from Felix when they have their talk. Um, that's actually what I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing that in the next episode. If they like, uh, decide not to circle back around to me even until two episodes from now i'm gonna be a little bit pissed yeah yeah hopefully they don't they don't do that uh i i know that some programs even game of thrones kind of skips whole characters sometimes for episodes never mind seasons and um yeah i hope they they don't do that uh with me's character um for next next episode because i think right where they dropped us off as you said the the last coder of this episode was really like, you know, a big cliffhanger. So, mm. yep. all right. So that's good. So uh, hopefully uh, next episode we'll, we'll answer some of those questions. Um, all in all, um, uh, yeah, it was it was a great great time. I thought. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to rewatch um, the episode like we usually do when we we do this podcast. Uh, next week it's called the uh, Adversary, um, directed by a Frederick. E.O. Toy, and written by uh, Haley Gross, and of course Jonathan Nolan uh, is back uh, writing. So um, that's about it. So all right. So uh, I guess with uh, Eric, we can uh, we can end the episode. So what do you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in to listen to us talk about episode number five of Westworld. Come back next week. We'll talk about episode six. 